Welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Today I'm tackling one of my favorites as a geriatric clinical pharmacist. One of my favorites is digoxin, not because it's the greatest medication in the world, but it's got a ton of clinical pearls that relates to its pharmacology. The mechanism of action of digoxin is that it binds the sodium-potassium ATPase pump. And what that eventually leads to is it can lead to an increase in contractility, but it does suppress the AV node as well. So it can bring down that heart rate in something like atrial fibrillation. And in congestive heart failure, you may actually see it used to help with the symptoms of fatigue. Ergo, it works on the increased contractility side of things. So again, brings down the pulse, brings down the heart rate, and potentially increases contractility of the heart. Common uses, atrial fibrillation, heart failure, uh, those are pretty much the two biggest that you're, you're ever going to see digoxin used for. As far as side effects goes, digoxin can definitely cause GI upset uh, in the situation of toxicity. It can also drop the pulse too far where it oversuppresses basically uh, that AV node leading to reduced heart rate. In our geriatric patient population, uh, you may see cognitive changes, whether it's uh, sedation, confusion, those type of symptoms. Another hallmark symptom of digoxin toxicity is weight loss. So kind of along with the, the GI nausea and, and vomiting, uh, weight loss can definitely happen. And usually it's a, a relatively abrupt weight loss. Um, you know, maybe over a period of a, of a couple weeks in that, that time frame. Uh, rarely, I can't say I, I have hardly ever seen this, but rarely it can cause visual changes. Usually this is at very, very high doses where maybe a patient was, you know, taking two a day or three a day. Uh, maybe they had cognitive issues or, or something. Um, but again, very, very high concentrations uh, can potentially lead to visual changes with digoxin toxicity. Important monitoring parameters for digoxin, pulse. That's really going to be the, the most important one there. Certainly we can check digoxin levels. And along with that, kidney function is going to be very, very important. I've seen numerous cases of patients who go into acute renal failure or have renal failure slowly worsening over time where their digoxin dose has stayed the same, but that digoxin can accumulate as that kidney function uh, declines. So those concentrations get higher, potentially leaving our patients at risk for digoxin toxicity. Now, where will you see this in atrial fibrillation? So typical first line for atrial fibrillation is rate control with beta blockers and calcium channel blockers. In the setting of a patient that can't handle the blood pressure lowering effects of a beta blocker and or a, a calcium channel blocker like diltiazem and verapamil, if they can't handle that, that's a setting within atrial fibrillation 
that you might see digoxin utilized in. As far as drug levels go, uh, you kind of, depending upon the lab, you'll, you'll maybe see a range from 0.5 to maybe 2. Uh, classically, uh, 2 is considered, uh, above 2 is considered an elevation and, you know, potentially a, a toxic level there. There is potential at higher uh, levels, maybe in the, the 1.5 range or higher, 1.5 to 2 that you may see some signs of digoxin toxicity there, and maybe particularly uh, more so in our elderly uh, geriatric patients that might be a little bit more sensitive. Now, I mentioned kidney function. I mentioned digoxin levels. I also wanted to mention potassium levels. This is a really important thing to remember, and I'm going to talk about that right after we take a quick break from our sponsor. Whether you're a nurse practitioner, nurse pharmacist, pharmacy student, med student, meded101.com has a growing list of great resources to help with board exam preparation as well as becoming better at medication management and pharmacology. meded101.com slash store is a fantastic resource you need to, to check out. Again, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Welcome back, and I'm going to cover what low potassium can do to digoxin levels. So, sodium, potassium, ATPase is the pump that digoxin works on. And potassium and digoxin actually compete for the same binding site. So, in patients with low levels of potassium... Uh, I maybe misspoke earlier, but it doesn't actually increase digoxin concentrations. Low potassium actually allows more digoxin to readily bind to the sodium-potassium ATPase pump. And this potentially leads to a more pharmacologically active digoxin, where the, the drug has more binding sites available due to that absence or that uh, lower level of potassium. So again, low potassium means that more digoxin can bind the sodium-potassium ATPase pump and can lead to an increased risk of digoxin effects. There is an antidote to digoxin if you uh, are in an acute care setting, that type of situation. It's called digibind, digifab sometimes. And this can basically work to help bind up that digoxin drug and ultimately um, help improve a, a patient who has experienced toxicity. There are a few drug interactions with digoxin. Probably the first thing I think about is drugs that can worsen kidney function. Any drug where you set up a situation where kidney function declines because of the drug, whether that be uh, aminoglycosides, vancomycin, um, ACE inhibitors, diuretics, NSAIDs, any of these drugs can potentially cause or exacerbate uh, renal failure. And in those settings where that kidney function is getting worse due to drugs or not due to drugs, depending upon the situation, um, that is a, 
uh, potential time where that interaction can lead to um, elevated concentrations of digoxin. Uh, there are a, a few other uh, drug interactions, a, a couple that come to mind. Um, amiodarone can significantly increase uh, the amount of digoxin, the effects of digoxin. So that's an important one to remember. Uh, macrolide antibiotics uh, like erythromycin, azithromycin, there is a, a small potential there. So in those type of patients, you're definitely going to want to monitor for signs and symptoms of toxicity and or if we feel that it's significant enough and substantial enough, um, we can certainly check some levels uh, depending upon where they're at and again, those signs and symptoms of toxicity. I think that wraps up some of the most important pearls with digoxin therapy. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at reallifepharmacology.com. I've also got the free test uh, giveaway, 100-question free pharmacology exam. You can see how you stack up against the, the competition there and, and take that exam and also let your friends take it as well. Again, reallifepharmacology.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.